He turns. He fires for the win. He's got the bucket at the buzzer. Weber back to Bibby. Has the open shot. Ladies and gentlemen, up on those feet. Put those hands together. And we'll meet tonight starting five for your Sacramento. Welcome to the Kings Beat Podcast. I am James Ham, your Kings Insider for ESPN 1320 and the Kings Beat. Joining me, ABC 10's Sean Cunningham. Sean, what's going on? Oh, James, just getting over the hangover that was just an awful, awful Kings game last night uh, against the Kings and Hawks. Um, I will say it made for kind of an interesting fourth quarter, as they kind of do, but for three quarters, that game was just absolute dreck and i felt bad for anybody in goal i think i leaned over just i don't know it might have been you i was just like can you imagine if this is like your first king's game <laughs> like you, in you person? said that was you said it to me yeah oh god I, these are the things that cross my mind like oh i'm a diehard king's fan because again we realize that people just can't come to games uh you know or you know financial reasons or hardships or maybe they live too far or whatever it is and this is the game i'm coming in i want to see trey young and bogey's return and <laughs> and boy did you pick a hell of a game and like, like, sorry. it's just like, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Canadian, sorry, so, sorry. Uh, yeah, the first quarter, both teams combined uh, to shoot 33% from the field. Um, that it was just so bad. Like, how many I, times did I just bellow out? How is this a six point game? How is, <laughs> how is this team still like the second quarter was so bad for Atlanta and the Kings like couldn't <sighs> take advantage very, very much. Like, Atlanta went, like, didn't score like the first six minutes. They didn't they score at all. <laughs> you know, like, like I, again, I think I will still say the Philly game was worse. I started shooting off text to people like mid third quarter. And I was just like, is this like the worst basketball game you've ever seen? And of course it isn't, but it just feels like it in the moment. The arena felt weird for some reason. Maybe that was just me. Like I just had this vibe where I'm just looking around going, what the hell are we doing? Like, why are we, why are we here? Why are you people here? Don't you have anything better to do? And then the fourth quarter was, was actually entertaining. So, and I, and I, I totally predicted that I actually tweeted that. I was like, hopefully it sets up for a nice ending here because this, this game was just trash. Trash. Uh, I, who is a Jersey? We looked down and saw. Oh, I, well, he, this guy clearly got lost. I mean, it, it, like, it's one thing, it's, it's one thing to see like the random Kobe jerseys now, because it's like an honorary, you know, we, get yeah, it. yeah, yeah. We, we get it. Like, you know, years ago, that would have been frowned upon. And oh, for some, it just popped in my head. No, I know Drogic. who it, yeah, it was. Yeah. Goran Dragic. Goran, there was a guy wearing a Goran Dragic heat Jersey. And I'm like, boy, you were just a little bit too late here. But. Yeah, um, it, I, I someone posted something. Um, I think it was John Bull. He he posted. He said something about just the random jerseys you see in the arena right now, and he's like, "It's got to be because like they're giving away tickets for so cheap or for nothing at all to some people." I, I guess that uh, that people are like, "Hey, I'm going to a basketball game. I might as well see if I can find a basketball jersey to wear." And so I guess you're getting fans from all over as opposed to. Kings fans coming in the yeah. building. And uh, I, I mean, it's a bit of a problem. I mean, there was a game uh, just a couple of games ago where like there was a, a ruckus crowd. Oh, the Miami game where they mm. had, there was a huge heat contingency in our area. And I was thinking, man, where maybe the Goran Dragic guy just got the wrong night. I, I don't know. Like he only had one Jersey and it was, uh, you know, his, his Goran Dragic heat Jersey. Maybe the rest were like, 
in in the laundry and he wasn't able to laundry wear, day yeah laundry day so gotta wear Dragic. i gotta wear uh, one basketball jersey and that's it's a great right. Dragic one great good for him that's right um all right so let's get to some of the business uh we have the the off the record with the Kings beat virtual happy hour part do we're, we're going to keep expanding the name until it literally takes me like, you know, I'll have to have like a, a scrolling bar across the bottom that, that tells you what, what the happy hour is. So the happy hours it's this evening It's on Thursday night from five 30 to seven. If you're a premium subscriber, you already got the email and I can't wait to see everybody. And it should be a good time. Uh, legendary. Kings reporter Sam Amick. Oh, come uh, on. It is, joining, is legendary. Joining us. The adjectives are just getting super crazy at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you go great, I go, is he? Is he? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Amick is amazing. I, I, I'm excited. We're going to have a good time tonight. Uh, Sean and I, I, hopefully, Sean isn't at work. Uh, so yeah. You're yeah. not going to be able to have a drink. Oh, oh i won't be able to have a drink but um yeah we're still trying to figure that part out but yeah i think i'm gonna be on the clock which is gonna be a real real disappointment real downer but i'll but i'll be festive i'll be with everyone in spirit all right all right i'll be so, there so if anyone uh if you're listening to the pod and and you do a last minute subscription you can't do like uh like 528 or something because i'm not gonna see it um, but you know, if maybe by five o'clock you see some, you, you want to jump in and do a premium subscription, I might be able to get you the link so you can hop on and, and enjoy the festivities. I, I think it's going to be a, a good, healthy crowd, uh, of people. We got a lot of excitement about it and, uh, I'm super stoked because the first one was, was a lot of fun. Fantastic. Sean, and, yeah. And we, we didn't know how it would go. No, it, it went much different than I thought it would. And. I thought it went really well. I thought everyone had a, a good time. And um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I had no idea what to expect because I think the closest thing I had done this was with like friends and family, like during the pandemic. And well, I mean, we're still in the pandemic, but like, you know, even those ones kind of felt weird and <laughs> like, and you know, you never know what to expect. You never know. I mean, we do this podcast, James. I never know who's listening. And sometimes I just feel like the, the words go out in space and, but I'm, I'm really uh, encouraged and, 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 really kind of surprised by the feedback we get. I, I remember telling you that weeks, months ago about just how much feedback we've been, I had been hearing. And I'm just like, wow, you guys listen to this? Like, like as, as funny as it sounds like, maybe it's just self-deprecation, but like, it always just amazes me that people would take the time to, to listen to anything that we had to say. So uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's cool. And, and I didn't know what to expect. And it was super, uh, it was just a lot of fun. And uh Having Damien was there, it was fantastic. I think Sam will be great as well. And um, to, yeah, stories. And I really, I really like to hear from fans, man. I really do. And I, it's the thing I miss about doing radio because um, you know you really get to engage with your fan base. You get to hear their stories, why they're a fan, what made them a fan, what they enjoy, what they hate. Um, and oftentimes it's just as knee jerk and boom bombastic as things that that are truncated uh, that come up on. Uh, uh, on social media and around the media and just media in general. So it, it is a lot of fun for me to see that. And that, that happy hour totally delivered and exceeded my expectations. See, it even exceeded Sean's expectations. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. So, and I, I'll say this too, the, the cool thing I, we're either approaching or we're, we just cracked 50,000 downloads. Um, and so as someone who's had a podcast for like over a decade at this point, I, I had one year where I didn't have a pod 
uh thank you nbc um but uh no shot there at mm. uh at what was sunsetted and and all that stuff but uh yeah sean I, I think that it's such a strange medium that that people just that they really really enjoy when i walk around the arena i hear that more than anything else i love the podcast and i'm glad that you're feeling that because it, it really is uh it's different it's a different way to communicate with people and there are a lot of people listening every week sean so whatever you're saying they're taking better watch notes. what i say <laughs> they're taking notes <laughs> uh well the uh off the record part of the off the record with the king's beat uh happy hour um that's that's one cool thing is it you you're not going to get to see that content if you're not a premium subscriber uh where sean and i well specifically me because sean can't drink tonight maybe um, but like we get a little loose. We talk about some things that maybe we wouldn't normally talk about. And, uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's good stuff. And, you know, hopefully, uh, more people jump in for next time. All right, Sean. So this, uh, the Kings Hawks game, I, I don't, I don't like digging in on the officials because overall I thought the officiating of the game wasn't horrible. It wasn't anything spectacular. It wasn't anything horrible. Um, there were a couple of moments where, you know, there, there was some, some craziness. Uh, I, I do think that in the, in crunch time, they missed too many plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the one play where Alvin Gentry had to use his, uh, his review was on the tip ball that they fully missed the tip went out off of, off the Hawks. And they, and that was in, in a crucial moment. The Kings got the ball back. I don't even remember what they did after they got the ball back, <laughs> but it was a crucial moment. Um, and then we get to, I don't know, what was it? 30 seconds left, something like that. 25, 30 seconds, maybe it's a little bit more. And De'Aaron Fox had just gone in the paint and scored over the Hawks like five consecutive times, like boom, 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 same spot, follow away jumper in the middle of the key. And then uh, DeLon Wright fouls him. No question. You can see it from our point of view because that's on our end of the court. You could see that he hit his elbow. Fox, who had who had done nothing but hit the bottom of the net on every other one of those shots, all of a sudden airballs it, and then he was forced to foul. And uh, Kevin Warder went down and knocked down a couple of free throws. Which, hey, I, I don't know how to say his name. Herder. Uh, Herder. Yeah. Herder. Okay. Don't hurt her. Hammer. Don't hurt her. Yeah. Well, Instead I kept thinking him. that Buddy, Buddy was going through his head. Herder. I didn't even touch him. Right. Yeah. I barely knew her. <laughs> I didn't even defend him. What are you talking about? Oh, uh, I see what you did there. Yeah, He wasn't yeah. the only one, man. Like there was that play that he totally blew by Fox and Barnes and neither one of them got picked. It's almost like they ran into each other, but didn't. Are you and sure they didn't? I, I didn't. I didn't go back and watch it, but it, it kind of looked enough, like. I actually have the replay, right? I was just looking at it a second ago Uh-oh. and, uh, you know, I'm able, I wish I could share my screen, but I don't. this know is almost live but television. Yeah. He goes left uh, there. A pick comes over. Fox does kind of step back a bit. And I mean, Barnes is right there, but he just blows by right. Both of them. And then he goes reverse layup, bro. Like he just goes like Herter goes reverse layup. And, uh, you know, I think there was a lot of that. I think there was a lot. I mean, this guy got a nice contract in the offseason for a reason. And James, the guy couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in the second quarter. You know, I mean, he starts off like he starts off fantastic. Then he can't hit a bucket. And then all of a sudden he steps up big again in the fourth quarter, five points in the final 30 seconds or something like that. Um, But you're right, James. Some of those some of those um, 
some of those officials, uh, some of those whistles kind of bit the Kings last night and, I, and they didn't pick up his travel. I mean, they never do. Uh, it seems like travels are the ones that they always, you know, they, but the guy easily took three and a half steps. And uh, on, you know, that one where he went bored, uh, it went just right and went off glass. And it uh, was, a, he went, he, he took it right to Davion Mitchell. I mean, he has size on Davion. So mm-hmm. um, they put Mitchell on him for a reason. So they, they spent time with everybody trying to guard this kid and, outside of the second quarter they really couldn't do it especially down the stretch yeah he represented us gingers well yeah. <laughs> you should have been proud yeah i was he proud i hope proud he got gingers. a i hope he has a spot in your wall in your bar no he doesn't <laughs> he, he is the chosen one <laughs> nor nor will he <laughs> no, poor herder <laughs> maybe no, next year there's no scalabrini picks up here there's you know uh who is a big tall oh, bill walton maybe yeah like uh, bill walton. That, that's best best redhead ever I don't for basketball. That, yeah, he might be Robert yeah. Swift. Robert. Yeah, Swift Robert Swift. That's that's who had popped into my head. Robert Swift. He had the um, the red perm before yeah, he, it went really long and nasty. Well, he was a, a train wreck. Yeah. Oh, he had problems. Yeah. Yeah. He, By the way, he's been uh, he's been seen in the in the in your neck of the woods in the uh, foothills, the Rockland cool. Loomis area. What? Yeah, there was a really good like story. Seen that... as in like uh, as in like Bigfoot, <laughs> like he's like. You could say that from one like, town to the next or something. Yeah, no, like he's been like uh, the you know lifetime fitness up in in the Rockland area. Some of the other um, gyms up there, like the guy's been playing hoop, and he's you know he's oh. he's kind of living out there again. I don't know if this is still the case two years from the story that came out, and I believe it was an SI. And apologies to the writer that did. I would love to shout them out because it is a really good story. Uh, but yeah, I mean the guy guy went through some problems, like you said. But yeah, he ended up in. Uh, uh, in like in up in the Rockland, Rockland, Roseville, Loomis, hmm. like that all kind of blends together. So yeah, he had a, a really substantial drug problem. If I don't, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. We Shout were also, Bakersfield. yeah. It, um, it seems though, most of that he was in Seattle. That's mm-hmm. where most of his stuff was happening. Uh, we also Sean, like outside of the Kings. Well, I, I'm going to finish up with this. Um, I hate the last two minute report. Yeah, uh, my former boss used to make me wait for the last two minute report every single day when the Kings literally had like 14 last two minute reports in a season. Um, and, and I would have to write the last two minute report like review every single game, um, which was just dreadful because it, it's completely, completely pointless. It, it's it just doesn't make any difference at all. And all it does is make someone shake their head and just get angry. Uh, yeah, so. I, I would have thought, James, that when this was introduced back in what, like, it feels like it's been around for like six years now. Maybe a little longer. Maybe longer. And, and I it, look, it's it's a tool used to hold officials accountable. And granted, we're in a time where officials are, but last night, I don't think was one of them. We, we saw all pretty much household name NBA officials. I don't recall seeing any name that I hadn't recognized before, you know, because so many officials have been out with COVID and you have these replacements in there. And, um, but these all look like these all, if I remember correctly, like, uh, all of them were regular officials, yeah, but I think so. Um, it was used to hold people accountable. And then, you know, maybe it was a nice, just tip of the cap to fans who are like, Oh, we got screwed. And the NBA goes, yeah, they, they got it wrong, you know, but there's no, there's nothing that comes from it. Um, I'm sure there's something behind the scenes that happens to officials, not necessarily like a fine or, but something in a review that at the end of the year you look at, and if you've got more 
positive than negative, then that's a good thing. But if you have some, like some, maybe there's some sort of ramification or some training or whatever it is. I mean, these officials have a hard job, but for anyone that sees these things and they make it known to media and it's like, okay, yeah, like, there's an acknowledgement that they got this call wrong, or this was an incorrect call or James, there's a whistle that went in your favor and we're acknowledging the fact that it shouldn't have. So then how do you feel about that? <laughs> you know, I mean, so it's, I, I understand well, I think what the, they were the doing. The Kings would feel good about that because it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> to where, uh, yeah, 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 to where yeah. something went in their favor that that shouldn't have. Um, I always feel I, like too, like they balance the last two minute report. It always feels like bunk to me. I'm I, like, there's they highlighted another play earlier in the quarter. Uh, well, it's only the last two minutes. Last but two minutes. Yeah. Earlier in the two minutes, where Buddy Hield had. Uh, he didn't give a Kongwu a place to land. And mm -hmm. so maybe a Kongwu should have had an and one, or uh, maybe, maybe he missed a shot. I'm not, I'm not even sure. Um, but they always try to highlight something else. Like, see, it's still even. And that's what I, every time I get done with it, I'm like, okay, this doesn't feel right at all. I mean, in the, the previous game where there was this bizarre situation with De'Aaron Fox and the inbounds. Right. Well, that doesn't show up on the last two minute report at all. I was wondering about that. And I, nope. and I was surprised that it didn't because we almost had an instance, James, where the same thing almost happened. Now, granted, it wasn't a free throw, but it was an inbound. Fox doesn't touch it, but the official had already started the clock. And it was the same thing. It was look for people who don't know, it's the free throws that happened with the Lakers. Uh, it was a, it was a free throw that came off and it was it, missed. It yeah. was missed and he let it drop. It looked like he was going to corral the rebound, the, the rebound, but he didn't. He let it drop and they had already started the clock. And be, as a result, it was a clock malfunction. So they have to go, they call it a jump ball because Fox didn't have possession of the ball. Yeah. Right. Well, here's an inbound play where it's a, it's, they do clearly have possession and he goes to corral the pass that's coming to him, but he doesn't touch it to allow the, you know, let's gain some, some time. And the, the official started the clock again. And he's looking at him and it was a humorous moment because it was like, Hey, we just, we just had this only, it was coming off of a free throw uh, rebound. But uh, again, it was another malfunction with the clock and the official and, you know, kind of disrupting the moment of play here. And it was just a, I just looked right at Alvin Gentry. Like, first of all, Fox oh, he is, lost it. Yeah. Fox is smiling and kind of pointing at him. Like, because what did he say? He says, well, I'm going to call it out when you guys F up the, the clock. So uh, yeah, it, it happened again, and neither one of those was on the last minute. Not that it needed to be, but it was just kind of a strange. And Herder was happening. at half court calling for a jump ball. He was he exactly. But I think he was saw. doing it. I think he yes. was doing it just to be like he was in on the joke. He knew the yeah. joke. Yeah. yeah, he he did. Uh, Alvin Gentry did not think it was a joke, and <laughs> uh, you pissed. could also read his lips at one point. I believe he said, "This is our home court. What are you doing?" Like right. he was angry because the officials have a um, like, there's some craziness here that we could discuss. Like if you're at an arena early enough, you get to a point where someone stands in this in uh, usually it's not on the court. It's usually a couple of rows up and they blow their whistle. And the, the referee's whistle has a mechanism inside of it that starts and stops the clock. I mean, it, which is crazy. Like they blow their whistle, the clock stops and they test the whistles before every game to make sure that they're linked to the scoreboard that they're yeah, it's like to a the, sound check. Yeah. 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 So um, I don't know that everyone knows that that's actually the case. They also have, I think a push button on their hip 
mm-hmm. uh, where they can start and stop the clock. Uh, and, and so a lot of it, I think it relies on the scorekeeper himself, right? To start the clock. But, um, but the officials also have an opportunity. Yeah. Cause they can, they can, first of all, the officials do it, but they can also the, the clock guy at the desk or at the table, he can also reset it to reflect in case they didn't stop it in time or, you know, maybe too much time had run off. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, and here's what I would like to see uh, outside of these two games, whatever. I, I mean, officials make mistakes. You hate to see it two games in a row where I think it did impact the, the outcome of the game. Um, like the Kings actually had a shot when Fox Fox uh, let the ball bounce and didn't pick up the rebound, um, which I'm not even sure why he did that. Uh, it was almost like he was trying to like trick the, the clock operator and to, to, to make some sort of point. And then didn't, he, it didn't make sense. It's like he got too cute and it, and it ultimately yeah. bit him, you know, it's like, he, just get it and go. Yeah. And then on top of that, you let the defense set up by waiting. They, like mm-hmm. there was no purpose for that unless he was trying to sort of scan the court and see what was going to happen and then go. But it, it was, it was silly either way. Um, so I don't like even the challenge situation. Because number one, I think if you win a challenge, you should get another uh, because that only makes sense. Because if you lose a challenge, you lose a timeout. Um, so I think you, I don't know why they're associated with timeouts anyways. Um, if not for the fact that maybe someone would challenge something just so they would get a timeout, that that's probably like the fail safe of why they do that. Um, but Sean, like there needs to be a red flag or something or like the big giant, button that they can hit for review on a play that isn't called because all they can review now is when they think an official made a mistake by blowing a whistle. Mm -hmm. They cannot review a play where an official makes a mistake by not blowing a whistle. That doesn't make any sense at all. So the Fox situation, like the Kings couldn't review that. The fact that he got hit right on the elbow was not reviewable. And you're just, you lose possession and you lose a game. I mean, at that point, it was a two point game. They fouled Herder. He went down, hit two free throws and went up to a four point game. Totally changed the complexity of the game. It's completely and, an imperfect system. And, and, and I understand. I mean, look, it's imperfect in the NFL too. I mean, it's just not. Oh, yeah. It's just such a mess. Yeah. What I can do, and can't review. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's like if, if, if the, if the object is to get it right, then none of that should matter. But you also want to keep up with pace of play and make sure that the game doesn't just get bogged down with challenges and all that. I get it. But at the end of the day, like NBA replay is still very much brand new. And you're right, James. I agree 100% with you about being able to challenge something that wasn't called. Like if there should have been a whistle, hit your button, stop play. Because in, at that point, to me, it does become a timeout. So if you are, if you, if you do get it wrong, the ramification can still be, you lost your timeout, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but then, you know, you, there are way people who can take advantage of that. Like, what if you get down to, oh, I don't have any timeouts left and I've got 16 seconds remaining and it's a two possession game. And, you know, cause we well, saw but, it last night, but if you're, if you're down to zero timeouts, you can't use the, the challenge right now anyways. Correct. If yeah, yeah you don't have time out. Right. Yeah. So so there is like it's really hard to say how do we fix it. 
I just know that what's happening right now just doesn't make any sense. It's like one time. And I mean, it's a 48 minute long game. Like that one time can come in the second quarter when, when you have a run that's happening or you have some really bad play or, or you have a, one of your players pick up a third foul or a fourth foul and you're trying to keep them in the game then. Um, and then you don't have anything else the rest of the game. I, I think it should have a bigger play, uh, like place in the game as of right now. And, and for my money, it really is, is almost useless. You have to save it, save it, save it, hoping for one play. And then like the Kings had, the officials made a mistake on an out of bounds, uh, calling the ball the wrong way. And then like a couple of seconds later, what if, you know, what if it would have gone the other way? What if they would have needed that uh, on the Fox foul and, and you don't have it because they had already made another mistake. So again, I think if an official makes a mistake, you should get it. And you're right. You should get another one. Yeah. And then, you know, we even saw it the other day where the Kings lost a, like a challenge. There's no way they should have lost a challenge. It was, it was clear as day what happened on a play. And it's like someone just sided with the officials for no reason. So like, I, I think they're, it's, it's a pretty flawed system. It's not, it's, it's imperfect, but you know what? The game of basketball has been around for how long there's going to be missed opportunities. There's going to be missed plays. There's going to be missed calls. I mean, it didn't cost them in the game. I know De'Aaron was very much upset about it. Uh, I think, I think uh, Alvin Gentry was upset with more things that had happened even before that, uh, even with about, you know, three, four minutes left in the game. But again, it's just, if the system is in place and I get, and we're going, I know we're going round and round on this, but if the system is in place, they're, they're trying to reach a Nirvana and it's just, there isn't one there. <laughs> that's not going to be a perfect system. So they're going to try it as best they can. I think we will see an evolution of this. I think, uh, you know, not the last two minute report, but I think replay as we know, it will look different in two years. Um, but it's going to take some time to get there. Yeah. I'm with Alvin Gentry. It's a dumbass rule. I Wasn't he, he said, yeah, he said no, other he, ones too. But. Yeah, he said other ones too. Yeah, uh, actually, he said it was, uh, it was the call was horse shit. Mm-hmm. I think he said it was the worst call he'd ever seen, and he said a bunch of which other, one's worse, horse or bull? Because that's when you really get into some diciness. Like, <laughs> like when you choose to go horse <laughs> over bull or bull over horse, which one? Which one really drives home the point that you're you really disagree? I wonder if it's a regional thing. <laughs> I think horse, I think horse is worse because bull is so much more commonly known. So if you say, if you were to say that's BS, someone go, oh, okay, we've heard that before. Yeah. Well, that's horse shit. And that's you're going to be like, yeah. Oh, damn. This guy's really pissed. He really, really disagreed. <laughs> he took it above bull and yeah. he went full horse. <laughs> Straight to horse. <laughs> oh, we're a this bunch is, of idiots. It was, this, is good. this is a good discussion. <laughs> <laughs> we are a bunch of idiots, Sean. We are. Uh, all right. Uh, so the Kings are 0 2, but Sean, I, the one thing I'll point out is um, the Kings could have won both of these games. Could have, should have. We always say this stuff. I hate that. I, hate uh, that. I know. I know. And um, just like when someone goes, oh, it's a winnable game. Shut the, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Um, but my point is that like after all of these blowouts one way or another, uh, what was his stat? Like I, I, like Damian had said it last, last week on the radio and Kings losses, they lose by 18.3 points and their wins. They win by like 8.2 points. Like there's no close games. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, like this epiphany happens and we're in 
close ball games every single night, which is mm-hmm. a lot more entertaining, but it's a lot harder to write. Like you're not worried about writing it because the story changes like 50 million times in the game while you're trying to write it. Uh, a blowout is easy because you've already got everything set up and your disappointing lead or your, you know, your good lead. Um, and then all your things are positive and, you know, maybe you have a or negative or two, but then in a close game, like it switches so fast that people get angry when you're like, you're positive in a close loss. And my answer is always like, well, like I have to write a lot of this before, before the game's over and you don't know, and I'm not going to change every single thing I write because the outcome of the game changes because guys still did good things and they still did bad things throughout the game. Um, but do you sense something different with this team over the last week and a half? It's, it feels like they're more competitive. The games are more competitive for some reason. Uh, here, 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 here goes me where it comes in. Oh, Sean's just being a dick again because they're playing against teams that are just absolutely depleted. And again, I know Miami heat had Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry. Like they still have good players. Like we still had Lakers last night. Yeah. Yeah. Like Le- LeBron the other night, they're still going up against LeBron and, and Russell Westbrook was sensational. Still no Anthony Davis. I get it. But like that Hawks team had no business being in that game, winning that game, being as competitive as they were. I all due respect. I get it. And it's interesting, James, even after the game, like Tyrese Halliburton, I asked the same question to both Tyrese and De'Aaron, and I probably should have asked it to to gentry and it goes back to the podcast we did where i'm i sense that there's just such a pressure to win if you're going up against a team that's absolutely depleted there is a i think there is a pressure there um because you're like man if we lose this team it's going to feel worse it's going you know and it shouldn't because you're still nba players i get it but again when you lose to a team that doesn't have not just their best player but like their three best players again we still harp on the philly game where they didn't have a starting five like all five of their starters were gone. Yeah. And they, they came in here and fed you your lunch. Like it was just, it was, it was terrible. And last night kind of had that feel to it, even though there wasn't that dominance, there wasn't that like 20 point lead from Atlanta. But I do feel that, you know, Hey, Tyrese answered it in a way where he's like, yeah, we don't do well against teams that are without their best players. De'Aaron had the more wise sage veteran answer, which is no, you can't take any opponent lightly um it doesn't change anything sometimes you're going up against guys you don't know what they can do and mm-hmm. that is true but if you tendencies yeah and, and 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 i hope he wasn't talking about kevin herter because that guy's like a bona fide nba player who oh yeah has a nice contract and he's paid you know handsomely uh but he was the one that absolutely torched him last night like there wasn't a guy that i looked at last night that i was like well there wasn't really an uh, like a fringe nba player getting the best of you you still no, got... no, it was Cam Reddish, and it was uh, right. who actually has had some really good games in the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. I looked; he he's scored over thirty twice in the last like week and a half. Um, and then they still had Clint Capella, right. uh, but it, they didn't. And, and they still had DeLon Wright, who we know, like we watched right. him play last year. He's a solid, solid NBA player. So they still had talent. They still had Gallinari, uh, although Gallinari looked slow and like every bit of like he's still... thirty. Still Crazy. a bucket though. Yeah. Yeah. Dude's dude is still a bucket. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah. I, like it's, it's a disappointing loss. I, I I'm totally with you. You've got to win that game, especially at home. That's what uh, Alvin Gentry just keeps. He's just beside himself. How do we lose at home? Like the competitiveness competitiveness is there though. Like you, you don't see this 
you you did see it in the Dallas game where you know they they totally let a run get out of hand and the game was over. But that was so, one out of all of them. Because well, right, right. The you're having a game and like all those they were close. The first Dallas yeah. game, it was close. You're having a much better sample size. It's just unfortunate that a lot of the sample sizes against these teams are primarily just depleted. Now again, look, Kings are without Rashawn Holmes and Metu, who is now kind of a major rotational player now like again every team is going through it so you can't really help that but boy i just i i want to see this team have a more level of compete have a better level of compete have a better fortitude about them and maybe we're seeing it i i don't know i i have my doubts a little bit but um as they point out they end up playing better against teams that are that do have all their dudes so yeah. Uh, let, let's see what it looks like in, in the next in, on this road trip in this next uh, next week or so. I think um, the interesting thing happened. Uh, we like I tweeted it out and then it became like a strange focus in in postgame that uh, De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton both had 20 points in the game. That's the first time this season that both players had had 20 points. I think last season they had a few games. Um, I, I haven't gone back and looked, but I know that there were some games where they both scored 20 or more. And I watched them they were both really, really good. I wanted more shots out mm-hmm. of Tyrese Halliburton. He really had a rough shooting first half, really came alive in the second half. He only had two assists. I think a lot of that was because no one of the Kings could hit a shot at all outside of Fox or Halliburton. And Fox was taking guys off the dribble, so you're not going to get your assists. Um, but overall, I, I I think that these guys are showing signs. And let me be honest, I think De'Aaron Fox is showing signs of not only is he playing better, I mean, he had the three games coming back off of COVID where he wasn't great, uh, but the five games before and the last two games, he's been spectacular. Uh, he, he's made, has he made a couple of errors? Yes, he's made a couple of errors. It costs them in the end, but you really have to look at him and say, look, it's not, he's not the reason they lost the game. It's because they kept the game too close and he wasn't the reason why they kept the game close. He kept the game close sort of on his own, uh, like backpacking the team. But he looks more like the player we saw last season. And Sean, he seems more engaged. Is that just me? Like, I'm hoping for that moment where he, like, he's fully all in. And I don't think we're there yet. But I think we're starting to see the old Fox. I, I The thing that, that stands out to me, because I do put a lot of the blame on him, especially when it comes to defense and turnovers. So, I mean, Alvin talking about taking care of the valuing the ball and valuing the possession sounded like Jerry Reynolds. Like I thought Jerry Reynolds was throwing his remote at his TV, <laughs> like hearing these comments because, uh, but, but to your point, James, the thing that, that stood out most is the deer and Fox takeover mode, which is in the fourth quarter where, Hey, my teammates want me to score. I have to be this guy. And it's the thing we've seen since he stepped foot in the league. Like buddy healed always says Fox plays better when he's pissed off. Of course we see that. Um, but he's got to just keep the foot on the pedal. Like that just, he does flip the switch and kick it up a notch in the fourth quarter. We hadn't seen that in a while. Yeah. And in these last two games now, unfortunately, as he points out, both resulted in losses. So um, that sucks for him, but in the Lakers and the Hawks game, both like he was sensational offensively from a scoring standpoint in the fourth quarter, turnover is a problem. Turnover is a big problem. And, and it's not just with him. It's just with the team in general. Um but yes, I do like, I, I love the play in, against the Hawks. Every, every time down, it was almost the same exact play. And it was, all right, here's a, here's a fall away. Here's a pull up. Here's a spin move. I mean, he made practically the same thing every single time. 
and then he gets fouled on the Delon Wright play. Um, and it's against a guy that knows him pretty good. I mean, I, you know, Delon had some time here with against him in Sacramento. So uh, to see him have that, I love that. I love seeing that takeover. He did it in against the Lakers as well. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think there is something to that, James. I just I, you know it feels good, but I think a lot of times because he gets the scoring, a lot of times people will tend to not pay attention as much to the turnovers and the defense, because that's, that is, that should coincide with him being part of that takeover Fox. And it just, it's, it's definitely an Achilles heel right there right now. So maybe, you know, is he all the way back? Is he all the way there? No, but he has played some pretty sensational basketball both before COVID and coming out of this, this COVID protocol for the second time for him. Yeah, I think he also, um, like, he, he has been better defensively. Like, I thought he was engaged defensively, defensively, especially in the Lakers game. Um, I thought the same thing. There were night, there were plays last night where I thought he was all over the place and, like, mm-hmm. really engaged. It wasn't just him, like, getting blown by. I know we have the one play where he, he did get blown by. But I also remember, uh, was it last night or was it the Lakers game where, he, it looked like he was going to hand the ball to Harrison Barnes on a sweep around like Harrison Barnes was setting a, a, a screen at the, not at the top of the key, but right at like the free throw line. And then Fox just blew through two guys. Uh, <laughs> right. Like right. everyone thought, Oh, he's going to hand it off and maybe he'll get it back. But um, he just ran right through. So, I mean, those things happen. Um, they just can't happen as often as the Kings have been allowing it. I think the other thing too, I'll point out with the game last night, we walk into the media room, Alvin Gentry in pregame was really um, long winded and he was very focused on like three things. And one of them he added way late, which was pace of play. He, he said all of these other things and then he came back to pace of play, which we have not seen. So just so people know, I, I track almost every day. The Kings pace has dropped uh, like pretty substantially in the last like week and a half, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, their offensive rating has dropped substantially since Luke Walton left. Their defensive rating has gotten much worse. The fact is they keep getting blown out or blowing out teams. So the numbers like are hard to look at uh, on a game in and game out basis. But my point was that Alvin brought up two things. We have to get offensive rebounds because that's how they lost the game before against the Lakers. They gave up 18 offensive rebounds. If we can just get that down to 10, then we would have won. Or if we just get that down to 15, we probably would have won. And then he said turnovers. And, you know, we turned the ball over 18 times, whatever it was. If we would have just turned the ball over, you know, eight times or, I mean, 12 times or 15 times, and we probably would have been okay. In the first minute of the game, Sean, they turned the ball over twice and gave up two offensive rebounds for buckets. Yeah, timeout. <laughs> it was like, man, like, are you not listening? Are you not listening? I, like, it's so frustrating to see a team do stuff like that and just not be able to uh, to figure it out. Uh, Rudy Gobert has entered health and safety protocols. Um, interesting. Kings don't uh, play Utah, though. It's unfortunate. No. No, but uh, yeah, well, then it would be a lot of white side. Uh, yeah, but, you know, he's sort of the guy that started the whole thing. Um, so we're back to Rudy Gobert and health and safety protocols. Second um, but, time. Yeah. Um, okay, so, Sean, we get it. The Kings are all over the place. Um, we're, we are going into trade season now. We, we're going to start cranking up more and more about what we're talking about when it comes to trades. And I, I think today, like, you know, there's enough stuff out there. Like I I've made some of my thoughts known on what I would like to see, but Sean, if you were Monty McNair, 
uh, who are you targeting? Who is off limits? What are you willing <laughs> to do right here? Like you don't have to just make six trades here, but what it, what are you attacking? What it, whether it's a, a player type or a position type or a, an idea or specifically one player that you know could be available? Like what are you doing in this situation? Well, I mean, first of all, I'm calling practically every team. Um, he does it anyway, but you got to know what's what's available. You need to know the temperature of the room. You need to know the value of your team. Uh, I'm going to answer the second part first, which is everybody's available. <laughs> Every everyone, even if I could trade an assistant coach or a ball boy, I would. I mean, you know what I mean. Like everyone's available. If I could trade, it doesn't matter. Everyone, everyone in my team would be absolutely available. Um, as far as like who interests me the most, you know, obviously I could come out and say Dame Lillard. Um, but I, you know, that's just not realistic. Like the Kings aren't going to be able to pull that off. So um, apologies to those that'd be like, why didn't Sean say Dame Lillard or LeBron James or something like that? Like, I, that's just LeBron James. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's two people to me. And, and one is super, super obvious because it's Ben Simmons. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm doing everything I can within reason to, to make that trade, but again and there there has to be there has to be a willingness to do it back and and i think the reality is that that sacramento just doesn't have the pieces even even with the draft capital which is probably super attractive even to philadelphia um it's just not the type of assets that they want back in return they want play now they're they're win now focused so my whole thing is as much as i would love to see ben simmons in a king's uniform uh, to me, it's you need to be a part of that trade no matter what as a third part, as a, at least a third team to be able to bring something back. Um, but at the end of the day, if there's a way to get Ben Simmons, I, I, I just I think you got to do it. I, I really do. That's the type of risk all move that you should do. Um, the other guy, however, that just stands out. And, and again, I don't know the, 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 how realistic it could be, but it would be franchise altering. And that's Bradley Beal. Uh, you know, and I know Washington has has been something a bit on the periphery where people just don't pay attention to them as much. But I think Bradley Beal in a Kings uniform would, would solve a lot of issues with this team. I I'm a big Bradley Beal fan. Um, and, and you know, maybe you don't have to give up as much as you would with the Ben Simmons, considering how, um, just the, the scenario of what Washington is going through. I mean, they're going to be in some pretty tough quarters at, at some point. Um, with their future and just the way that contract works out and just what are they doing over there? Um, even, even with the Kuzma and, and the uh, picking up Kuzma and, and Montrez Harrell, like I do think that there's possibilities that exist there, uh, even though they were coming from the Lakers in that trade that fell through with Buddy Heald. Um, maybe there's a Kuzma interest there still. Uh, I think that's something that could be looked at, but um, I don't know, man. Like those are just the ones that continually pop in my mind. Um, I know one is super obvious and the other one really isn't, but those are that's kind of where I start. I think there's a lot of possibilities throughout the league, though. And I think again, you kind of have to identify what are those teams that are looking at where are we in the moment? Like, are we going to compete? Are we not? It's almost like baseball, you know. And you're yeah. getting closer and closer to that to that trade deadline. So uh, I, I had expected a lot more moves. Um, than we've seen. I mean, we haven't really seen any. So uh, Wait, I would have. Rondo was traded. That's not a move. That's not a move. I mean, and I don't even mean just from a King standpoint, James. I'm talking about like <laughs> even throughout the league. Like, there's such a 
hold right now, which, which I didn't expect. I thought there, I thought the NBA would be open for business is everything that um, I had been seen and told and, and just people forecasting what, what could be, especially with the way the off season is looking. So I think we're in this weird holding pattern and I don't know how long it's going to last. Yeah. I think the biggest issue the NBA has right now is, is COVID and it's a huge distraction for these GMs who are now surfing the waiver wire they're surfing like they're they're pulling guys at lance stevenson put up what 20 or 22 in the first quarter by the yesterday. way the nba is at a the nba is a better place with lance stevenson in the league playing his air guitar and just i and and you know what i, I like seeing it in in indiana it didn't result in a win against brooklyn but uh just outstanding i hope he stays yeah um so I agree, but I mean the but the league is kind of in this weird position. But it's time now. It's it's time to make these moves. If you're going to make moves, I mean February 10th is an early trade deadline. I don't even know where it sits as far as games played. Um, you know, because I know the last couple of years has been like 28 to 30 games left in the season uh, is the trade deadline. Um, it feels like this is a little bit earlier than normal. Um, so I, I would really like to see the Kings be active and, you know, like we can talk about like Siakam or Sabonis or Simmons, or even like a guy like Brandon Ingram, which I think at some point has got to become available. Um, you know, I, I think that there are a lot of options here. I just know that the Kings have to do something and it's got to be something that, that is loud and noisy that, that makes people turn their heads. And I don't mean that in a trade deer and Fox uh, trade Tyrese Halliburton way. I, I mean it more in like improve yourself, get better. You know, I, I said this on the radio the other day, like you can't just continuously sit around and wait for something to happen and wait for your team to improve. It's not going to, it, it's shown this, this group has shown they can't do it. So mm -hmm. do something drastic, do something that, that changes, that alters the course of the franchise from where it is right now, good or bad take a step back or take a step forward. Don't just stay in neutral because it really, at a certain point, it's almost embarrassing. Like we're, we're going to the arena. And again, one night, I know that there was 8,200 people that came in the building, 8,200 people. And I think last night was even worse. You know, I, I made the, the comment in the middle of the game, they did this whole kicks cam it, all it was was showing how there's no one sitting in the front in the row in front of you and you can put your feet up and everyone can see your shoes. Like, do the Kings me, lead do the Kings lead the league in cams, by the way? Maybe. What they, what they shouldn't <laughs> do is a section 221 uh, cam, which we look up and there's literally like a, nine wanted, people. like like 14 people in one section, 16 people in another. Some one section won a prize in the game on Sunday and they panned to the and there might have been 40. 40 people in the section. Like, I think that there's so much good that has happened with saving the team and building the arena and building out Doko and building out the, the, uh, the hotel and the whole downtown area. But you also have to look at someone who has literally killed his fan base. And so at, at a certain point, like, like something has to give here. You can't just keep doing this and killing off your fan base. It's the saddest thing because I know how loyal and faithful Kings fans are and to see the building this empty, it's, it's just, it's disgusting. 
and I don't blame the fans. Yeah. I blame the product on the floor. I blame any kind of expectations that people had for this team. And I, I blame 15 years of just spinning your tires and not doing the right things again and again and again. I mean, we're, it's almost like we're so far removed. Like the Kings walked into us this season with a different head coach. He got fired already. We've already had like insecurity and, and train wreck of a season. Like that's not conducive to winning. None of that is conducive to winning, Sean. Yeah. It, you lose because you keep doing the same things again and again. And I would like to see something change here in the future. And again, it could be player X, player Y, player Z. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's got to be something big and dramatic that makes people look and want to come to the arena to see what's happening. And that I, I think is, it's not a good place to be in because then you're, you're out of a point of desperation at some point or out of a point of, I mean, if you just sit on your hands and you, you don't do anything for another trade deadline. I just don't know how people keep their jobs. Yeah. yeah. Well, and to James, to, to your credit about the, some of the names you came up with, I mean, obviously they'd been out there. It's nothing really all that new, but um, like all three, all three of those names, the Siakam, you know, Brandon Ingram, Sabonis, um, Sabonis all three of those would be altering moves. that would be huge. And, and to be honest, like I, I say Simmons because he's more on the block. I think I'd be more excited about Brandon Ingram, to be honest. I mean, just because of where he's at in his career. Because um, he came from Duke. He is a Duke guy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'd even, even I'll, you know, I would probably even be more excited about Siakam. I just don't see a path to Sacramento with either one of them. I, I maybe, maybe it's because neither one of them are holding out like, like Ben Simmons is, uh, but you know, I, like I said, I don't really see a path for Simmons to Sacramento at this juncture either, but if any of those guys came to Sacramento, I think they, you know, like if you look at, what is it like the, 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 the four-star recruit, right. Or the five-star recruit in college, and you just do it the opposite way and say, all right, you had brought up, we'd both brought up Christian Wood the other day. That'd be more like a two and a half star recruit to me. Like that, that doesn't fall in line with Siaka I'm a little hotter on I'm a little hotter on him but right but you get what I'm saying yeah. I think you'd be hotter yeah. with like Ingram or or Siakam or Simmons yeah. right yeah. okay so those would be your five-star recruits right but I think I would put Beal in there probably I don't know about you but to me he would be oh of course no, yeah I, I think he's a, a bona fide star in the league yeah McCollum would you put McCollum in there no no so he's be that second three, tier down, he's right? like a three and a half would you have him higher than Christian Wood no, I take Christian Wood over him. Uh, number one, he, uh, Christian Wood is is younger. Uh, yeah, maybe. And, and number two, I think his skill set. I think you already have at at a minimum. I think you already have CJ. And, yeah. And, and Tyrese Halliburton. I think you already have that type of player. I, I think that that's the floor. But what if you're losing one of them? You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, three team trade, and uh, you're getting CJ back. You know, who knows? I guess, but I mean, CJ's older and he's never been a legitimate number one. And well compensated. Yeah, he's well compensated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would rather have, I, I would rather have a younger player like Ingram or again, like Christian Wood, he's 26. He's under contract for this year and next year. I think next year is a 14 something. Um, you really do get to see if he can prove himself and that he can stay, he can keep his head on his shoulders. But really, I think when I look at Christian Wood, you know what he is? He's what we hope that Marvin Bagley would be. And and I still think that the Kings need that player. And Yeah, well, they do, especially with the collection of big men that they have, which is why 
you know, you do have people who see DeMarcus Cousins get waved and go, oh man, the Kings could probably use him. Because... Okay, so yeah, we're going to discuss that. Let's just <laughs> boogie guy. Okay. Before we get to that though, like honestly, you can't, you need to shoot for that five-star recruit, right? Like your trades oh, yeah. have yeah, to I, be I, have I to be that. Yeah, like you can't, you can't get rid of your, even if you're trading Fox and, and maybe you're not, and hopefully you're not, if you're, you know, bringing back Christian Wood, but like, that's the type of thing I'm thinking of where it's like all these players that you mentioned, I mean, Miles Turner might not be the five-star. Maybe he's just slightly below. He'd also be in that, in that Yeah, mix. He's like a, a, I mean, again, I put him like in, in the ranking system, I put him below Wood and CJ and, and then I would get to Miles. Yeah. But, but still, I mean, but he's not gonna, he's not gonna move the needle. That and that's the problem. Like, you don't think so? You don't think Miles Turner would move the needle? I mean, you're not again. If you're I, don't, I mean, with him. the fan base, I mean, with the fan base, like, I don't think that moves the needle. That's not going to bring fans trading for a guy who averages like 12 and a half, 13 points and right and and eight rebounds or seven rebounds. I, that's just, I mean, he's a good defender, but he's he's literally not gonna, no one's gonna come out to on day one to buy their Miles Turner jersey. No, I got you. I and I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. So I, I think I mean, it'd be a hell of an acquisition. I just don't. Yeah. You're yeah. right though. Like, like, you know, Sabonis, Simmons, Ingram, Siakam, those are the ones that are going to be much bigger. Yeah. And even Sabonis, we can talk like uh, Sabonis isn't a legitimate number one, um, but you're still hope. There's still hope. I think with this franchise that Fox can be that number one or Halliburton can be that number one. So uh, I don't want to concern myself that with that so much that, Sabonis so is a number two or maybe a number three on like a really good playoff team. Um, but like, I, I don't think that matters at this point. I, I think that unfortunately for Monty McNair and his people, they put themselves in a very bad position where they have to make a move that, that sounds as, as good as it looks on the court. Mm -hmm. and, and that's there. They've put themselves in this situation, like a 18 months of inactivity, like, uh, we talked about it before, like your big moves are Terrence Davis out of the rotation, Tristan Thompson out of the rotation, Mo Harkless pretty much out of the rotation, Alex Len only in the rotation because Rashawn Holmes is not there. Those are your four moves. When Chemezi Metu and Damian Jones move above your four big moves, and sure, you found those guys as well, but when they've moved above your four moves, that tells you that you didn't have big moves. Fair. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's the long and the short of it. I mean, again, no one in Sacramento has a Tristan Thompson jersey or a Mohawk <laughs> jersey. I mean, wow. uh, yeah. Shots, shots fired. No, I, I will mean, say, that, uh, I mean, there were people who were, that's what the crazy part to me was like, I, I don't want to rehash all this up, but to people who were so giddy over their offseason acquisitions, I'm like, what, what were they? They were like, and even the, even the moves that they doubled down with that they brought in. And again, I give them credit for addressing, trying to address a need last year, but you know, if there was any reminder that that move for Tristan Thompson was just an absolute debacle last night was it. I mean, you made Atlanta better. Um, yeah. You know, and again, it's like, that's why I look at, that's one of the reasons why people were when they were critical of me saying i didn't think again i'm trying to pat myself on the back but it's like no i didn't like any of these moves i didn't like them i i, I respect what you did you wanted a healthier sample size to double down on the success or what you perceived as success for the last 30 games of the season last year okay well at least i understand what you're trying to do i don't know that i agree with it i don't agree with it but i don't 
because of that, I don't predict you're going to have much success. <laughs> I think, Sean, it really does come down to this. They brought in players to support a core. Then the core proved they're not good enough. That the yeah. support that they brought in. And now you know. And, and you, you should have you known needed, a year ago. Yeah, you needed more support than you brought in because the support you brought in cannot do the things that your core needs at, because your core just flat out, it's not good enough. Right. And, and that's, it's unfortunate. So that means one thing, it means your core has to change because it, it doesn't matter how many times you bring in these, these secondary, you know, top 10 rotation guys, but really six through 10 rotation guys for most teams, that's what you brought in. And your, your top five just have proven that they cannot play well enough to, to uh, basically support the type of role player you brought in. And it is what it is. They're not good enough. So, uh, all right, let's finish up with the business of basketball. <laughs> Sean, players are dropping left and right. I mean, we're well over 200 players in COVID that have gone through or are in COVID protocols. Probably haven't seen the end of it. Kings went through their seven players, and then all of a sudden we're up, back up to two players. This could get out of control again. Uh, you know, the Kings still have like six big name guys that haven't been put in health and safety, knock on wood. It's like herd immunity is right around the corner, right? Yeah, exactly. So we're we're to that point though, uh, which you know, we're watching Lance Stevenson play, uh, like Wesley Johnson. Again, we talked about that the other day where Wesley Johnson came out of retirement. Um, another uh assistant came out of retirement today. I can't remember who it was. Oh, I didn't see it. To join the G League. Somebody oh, uh Gerald Green. Get that uh, money. Yeah, they <laughs> well, it's it's not just the money. I know. It's it's the $800 a month for the rest of your life as your retirement. For every year that you're in the league, you get $800. If you hit year 10, uh you get lifetime medical for you and your family. So it is big. It's all part of the collective bargaining agreement that like that they renegotiated sections of it, like maybe like four years ago. I remember Omri was in, in the locker room. And we had a long discussion on it. Anyway, it brings us to the business of basketball. Um, if you had a choice, yeah, any former king that you could sign to a 10-day contract, who would it be? Well, and it's funny because I did mention DeMarcus, and I could see a pathway there in a sense of them could they could kind of use him. <laughs> They, they won't use him, but go ahead. They, they could kind of use him. Um, I would always be on board with that for sure. Uh, I think you keep trotting out some, some guys out of any show that he could still play. Um, he's not my pick, by the way, um, because if I'm getting in fantasy land of somebody who I'm convinced could still come back and play, to, I mean, I think I, the same I, person. It's Ron Artest. <laughs> oh, no. No. Come on. What do you mean? No. I mean, Ron Artest would come in here and do exactly what he did 15 years ago. And, you mean, okay. Totally... So are you saying if you could bring back a player you think could still play? No. Okay. Or are I you, guess... I'm, I'm saying more like who are James, you going to take? I have to get out of fantasy land because yes, I mean, look, the funny part is, is yeah. I mean, even though I think Ron could come out and still play like that's not, that's not going to happen. Like it, it, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, so so mine would be if I got to choose a king that I would pluck out of a 10-day, and I got him like in his prime, but not like today. Right. Well, who would, would you get today? Well, uh, all right, go go with this. Since you had the one locked in for in his prime, go for it. Uh, Weber. 
Like well, this team, would, this team would be so much better with Weber. No, so you know, much. But, but so here's much the better. here's the crazy thing though. Like, you know, you make that. People say all the time, it's like, oh, Jordan could Jordan could come out of retirement today and probably still get you at least ten or twelve points, right? Like, oh like, no, he can get you fifteen. The vision of of yeah, the vision of Jordan still playing. Like I in my mind's eye, and maybe it's because I've seen it with with our test in the big three, Mike Bibby in the big three, Jason Williams playing in the big three, although he tore his Achilles. Like you just look at all these different names that, that could still go out there and hobble around and get you Chris Weber, Peja Stokovich, Vladimir Vats aren't the ones that are going to come to my mind. Um, so yeah, in their prime for sure, but that ain't happening. So I guess I didn't understand the assignment totally well, but I do feel like even whether in their prime or not, like our test could come in and just totally be a difference maker, not a difference maker in the terms of success, but at least in terms of culture and, and competitiveness, um, toughness. Like I, I still think even him at all be, how old is he? How, if you had to, if you had to guess, how old is Ron Artest? Oh, I, I like 43, 44. He's 42. Uh, 42. He's yeah. 42. He just well, turned I mean, 42. Did Iso mm-hmm. Joe get a second 10 or did he, is he? Back? Oh, I don't, I don't think so. I think he, I think that was done. I, I could be wrong, you know, but I don't think he did get the the other one, but I'm just saying, man, like, I think our test could do, it. I think he could be it. I also think, cause this team is so void of playmaking that, you know, Darren Collison could be another one that, I mean, he took the 10 day for LA. He didn't get renewed. Why not? You know, the guy can still run. He can push the pace. Yeah, that's um, interesting. I mean, again, like if we're gonna go there, right? I would, I would just take it. So, mm, but that guy, mm, uh, no. As much as I would love that, selfishly, it's just not a good move. Yeah, but I will say, I will say, God, I, I, I would root for that. By the way, but I just don't, I just don't see that. Yeah, but I will fun. say, I do say, like seriously, with all the bigs that the Kings have, think about that. Like Alex, okay, you get Demarcus Cousins in, right? Just you know what he can provide, you know, the other things he can provide do as well, but he's also, <laughs> again, like, I, I know I say that, but like there was a legitimate discussion about it popping around some media types last night. And I, I don't think it's that far fetched, like to the point of, could I see him in a King's uniform again one day? I could, because the guy has been incredibly humbled. Like, think about that. Like, I know the zebra is not changing its stripes, right? But at the same time, like, this guy has bounced around. Like, I was thinking about this. You mentioned the other day about Anthony Tolliver becoming the guy who's played with the most or how he's in line to play with the most teams. Yeah, he he actually just, he signed. He won, right? Yeah. All right. I don't know if that's winning. I would have never, I would have. (laughs) I would have. Chucky Brown. I'm not sure. I know. That's winning. I don't know that, like. I would have ever expected DeMarcus Cousins to play with like more than five teams in his career, but my God, like the guy has been all over the place now. And, and, and I know some of these temporary contracts and the way they are, but I, I could kind of see it. Like all he had, look again, you've got Tristan Thompson who doesn't play Alex Len, who oof, woof. I mean, that's just, that's just bad. You, like you said, James, by your own admission, Damian Jones and Chemezi Metu are rotational players right now. For a team, you know, and Marvin Bagley is is there, and you need him for rebounding. I get it, but you have this collection of big men that are just not good, not reliable. No, I Demarcus, don't even think you could blend them all into one good player. No, and Demarcus you know I mean? isn't coming. Like I do think, like even if you brought Demarcus, like okay, I could still see a pathway to some of these players playing. Not all of them. Like to me, 
if I could, if I could cleanse this team right now of Tristan Thompson and Alex Wood or Alex Wood, excuse me, Alex Len, I would do it. Neither one of them to me serve an earthly purpose for, for consistent minutes. So At this to point, me, no, no, they don't. Yeah. So to me, both of them cancel each other out and you're gone. Like you just, you just throw them away. So if you're and I know you can't, but like, if you had a situation to keep both of those off and maybe DeMarcus is kind of a rotational player. I don't know that he's look, I don't think he's going to be what you saw in, in Milwaukee in the stretches, like consistently, but I do know the one thing he's a, he look, we talk about guys needing playmaking. It makes sense. The guy can absolutely dish the ball. He's a brilliant passer. He can rebound. Now, he's, if you're going to want to play fast, he's not part of that. The guy can't run. But, and he also extends the floor. So, like, there are things that that I could see realistically from a basketball sense. And to be honest, you kind of need a dickhead in your in your locker room right now. You really do. Like, you just need but a bad not, guy. Not that type. <laughs> no, but I think that, that not... type. I don't think that type is the type. Let me Let me back up. I don't think the type that you're thinking of is the guy that you knew five years ago like it, it's just I'll such say a different this. player by now i'll say this sean and i know i'm getting excited realizing that like no it's not going to happen like i don't think it'll happen but i could see it happening and i could see it being legit will it happen probably not but i do think like it should be kicked around and i i honestly for reasons that even for people who are like oh he would never play in sacramento again because vivek is here or vivek would never go and get him because he's a, like i don't think that's act to me it's the way it's been told to me. Like, I think that's overblown. Like I could actually see it happening. I could actually see it happening. Um, Sean, he just put up 15 points, nine <laughs> rebounds, three steals and a block in a I game know. for the Milwaukee bucks One who game. have championship like aspirations right. again, and who have lost their starting center for a long term. And they waved him after the game to sign Langston Galloway. That's that's it. Another that, former king. That tells you, Sean, that he's the same dude he was five years ago. I no no no. I don't think it's. I don't same think dude. in ten days he came in and was like this cancer in the locker room. I he think it's in more, ten days he was there for like like a month. Correct. No, I'm sorry, but I'm saying yeah, in yeah. the I'm saying in just in like a in the sample size. Like I don't think it was a. I don't think there was a cancer problem in the locker room. I think this team realizes that they didn't have Brooke Lopez. They didn't have. Um, they didn't have Giannis for a stretch and they needed size and the guy came in and he performed, but they had to guarantee his contract and they're not there yet. You know, they want to explore some different possibilities. Um, Langston Galloway. Made sense. <laughs> well, again, they've got <laughs> issues. At the moment. Look, I think I'm DeMarcus will end up on a team. And again, I'm not, look, I, as for his, this conversation, I, think, having, he will I, don't think, I don't yeah. think it's going to happen in Sacramento but I could see a pathway and the part and the part that I'm trying to articulate is the guy can still play. I think we've seen that. Yep. Uh, to I a don't degree. disagree like at all. I, I think it, he can still play. He's not the same guy, but he can still play. No laterally. It's, it's kind of a mess. Like his, there's no quickness there. Like it's, it's, but again, he's not the same boogie you knew, but cause is still cause. And again, I don't think the locker room, the, the personality, the, the, all that. So I don't think that's a problem. I don't think the stuff that would preclude him from coming to Sacramento, meaning, he wouldn't want to be there. Vivek wouldn't want him. I don't think that's an issue. I really don't. If, if like for example, if Monty McNair and Joe Dumars in their collection, they're like, hey, you know what? We could really use Demarcus Cousins. Go get him. Fine. I think that would be fine. I think they. I think they could go get him. I just don't think that anybody would think like that. Hmm. Well, I think I think we we covered that one. We did. <sighs> All right, Sean. Uh, <laughs> do you have any final thoughts? 
Final thoughts. No, those are my final thoughts, I think. Final thought, I'm really looking forward to the happy hour as much as uh, I probably won't be able to drink and that's unfortunate, but I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to interacting with folks. Yeah, we're we're about two and a half hours away. We're, we're uh, taping this. It's 2.53 on Thursday. Um, I'll get this up as soon as possible and uh, and we'll get prepped and ready for the happy hour. So again, if you're a premium subscriber, um, you will be joining us. You know, you have the opportunity to join us. You've already got a link and uh, in your inbox to join us on the happy hour tonight. It should be a good time. We've got Sam Amick joining us from The Athletic. Uh, there's a good chance that my guys from ESP, e, blah, 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 blah. ESPN 1320 will join us. Uh, so D'Lo and Casey, there's a good chance that they will pop on and at least say hi to everyone. Uh, we're going to take a bunch of questions. Uh, we already have a bunch of questions, so it's a good time. So again, if you're a premium subscriber, uh, or if you're not a premium, premium subscriber right now, and you want to jump on and become a premium subscriber, I might be able to send you an email before time, but it's got to be pretty quick. Um, <laughs> so, uh, outside of that, we're going to keep rolling here. Uh, like we have been, yeah, uh, you're going to keep getting a couple of pods a week and uh, a bunch of written words and we'll hopefully see this sacramento kings team do something over the next couple of weeks leading up to the uh february 10th trade deadline uh so thanks for joining us here on the king's beat podcast for abc 10 sean cunningham i am james ham we'll see you very soon <laughs>